Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood is coming up next. If you like what you hear, please go to our website, redsearadio.org, and donate to our apostolate, or even become a member of our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society and keep us on the air. Thank you so much, and God bless you. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mystery of Parenthood. Uh, slow down <laughs> and take a listen. But right now, just slow down so Stephanie can pray for us. <laughs> All right, that was your best coach's voice. <laughs> All right, I'm coaching. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. And grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray for us. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's always a great way to start the show. <laughs> so, um, anyway, we were we were last week we we were talking about parenting in the funnel, and realized that it had been a long time since we talked about that. And so, I think we tried to lay a little bit of the groundwork for the whole concept of the mystery of parenthood. But ten years later, it might be good to kind of go revisit uh, that. So. We'll start off like in the clouds where, you know, Stephanie will bring me very quickly down to the, to, to the rubber meets the road. But, but I do think it's really important that we lay kind of the foundation for why we uh, even started this show or started teaching this way. So first and foremost, I'm sorry, we're just going to go through a few points here real quick. First one, holy matrimony, marriage is a sacrament. And for all those who've listened <laughs> for years this should not be a surprise. The definition that we use, which is one of the church's definitions, it's a visible sign of invisible realities. And I've got truths in there of invisible realities or truths instituted by Christ to confer grace. And again, we believe in the seen and the unseen. So as good Catholics, we believe that there is a reality that's unseen, actually Invisible is the word that's more correctly used because unseen just means like I'm hiding behind a wall or something. <laughs> Invisible means they're not visible. Even if they were behind the wall, <laughs> wouldn't do it. So there's an invisible reality and then there's the reality that's what we see as humans, touch, smell, all, the, all of our um, senses are used for the seen or the visible sign. Um, yeah, this was actually done prior to the prior to the doing the the changes in the in the creed from the seen and the unseen oh. to visible and invisible, which actually is better not only because the church said it, but because it fits better into what we're talking about here. So, <laughs> just remember, there's always visible and invisible. The, and then this is from Vatican II, which says the visible should be directed toward and subordinated to the invisible. The human to the divine, action to contemplation, the present city to the eternal city. What, what that means is, is we have to have a, a better understanding of the unseen in order to properly manifest it in the visible. That's how humans, we cooperate because we're able to come to an understanding of the invisible because of what God has revealed in and through Jesus Christ, his son and through the church and the Holy Spirit, we, we can become aware of that, but we have to, that has to be what directs and is over the visible. 
So he uses the human to the divine. So we as humans need to be subordinate to the divine and what divine is, what God has revealed. Our action has to be subordinate to our prayer life and what's, what's invisible. And where we live now has to be understood in the context of the eternal, because we're all here to get to heaven, right? Or at least that's the, that's the plan. (laughs) So that's the relationship between the visible and the invisible. The third thing is that, I love this. This is a Pope from John Paul II. This is Kashikism version, but 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 this is pretty much a quote from him. And it 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 shows the audacity that we as Christians have. This is what he says. The Christian faith is the only fully valid response to the problems and hopes that we have in and for our families. Now, the quote is not, the quote is this only fully valid response to the problems and hopes that we have in and for our families and for our marriages and for our culture. That's pretty bold, right? I mean, only fully valid response. And so we built that on, that's it. So visible and invisible. Visible is subordinated to and directed towards the invisible and that that invisible, the Christian faith, which we know is really the only fully valid response for us to figure out how to live our lives. And then the last one, and again, this is, this is John Paul II in Theology of the Body. He says that we, have, we, we make the spiritual and the divine, so the unseen, the invisible, we make it visible through the body and it alone. So what we do with our body when we do it to the best of our ability is meant to reflect, to make manifest, to make visible what God has revealed invisibly, that marriage is a sacrament. That's, that's an invisible reality, but it makes itself manifest in and through a marriage. <laughs> So a husband and wife are meant to cooperate with that. And that's what we decided we would do, or at least I did, because then we started applying it. But it's so important that we remember that what we're trying to do is this is what God has revealed, not only just about things, but about himself. And one of the ways that we're supposed to do is we're supposed to try to accurately reflect that to each other and to our children. That makes sense. Absolutely. Okay, good. Well, you've heard it before. so (laughs) (laughs) I've had a lot of years to chew on it. (laughs) Right. So another one of my favorite verses is is John 1, 17, and this is actually really an important part. It says, you know, what do we need to be able to do this? What do we need? We need two things. Truth. We need to know what is the truth about who God is and what is the truth about who Jesus is and and how does that apply in our lives? on this show in particular to our marriages and in our, in, in our parenting, what do we need? We need what Jesus came to give in John 1 17, Jesus came to give us truth and to give us grace. And so we have to have both of those things to do that. Grace always and truth too takes kind of a free ascent to the will. Like we agree with it. And then grace is not only an awareness of it, but that we want to follow it. So there, there is the possibility to turn away from it because it's too hard, because we don't believe it, or because we're not even interested in trying to und- uh, discover it. So we can say no to both God's truth, and we can say no to God's grace. Um, but in this world, that's called sin. I mean, when we say no to either of those things. And then in keeping in line with the eternal city and down the road after death, it's called hell to deny God's truth and God's grace. So we need those things to do that. We need truth to know what to do. And we need grace, which is God's very life living inside of us is the, the strength to actually live it out. Cause it's not easy. I mean, remember one of the things we're supposed to reflect in our marriage 
because that's what what Paul says in Ephesians 5. Go read Ephesians 5. He's pointing to the relationship between Christ and this church. And anybody who thinks that the guys have got the best, you know, because that's the one that, you know, I said, wives, be submissive to your children. You know, that's the one that everybody gets upset about. But if you read the rest of it, I mean, what that means for a husband who understands the invisible reality of what's going on, I'm meant to die for you. I'm meant to lay down my life for you. I'm meant to suffer if that's what's necessary for you. So to the extent to which I understand that is would be truth. <laughs> Grace is the ability to do that. So what does that look like in real life? I mean, maybe once, maybe twice, you know, when the kid would cry in the middle of the night, maybe I would get up and, and take, <laughs> take, take you care did. of them. You did. You yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, is the truth <laughs> is I'm meant to sacrifice for that. And as Christopher West, you know, used to say is what that means is to be under my mission. Well, my mission is to get help, get my wife to heaven. And the best way I can do that is to be an accurate and uh, reflection of how Christ loved his bride, which is laying down his life for that. So the extent to which I'm selfish, that's Trey. The extent to which I might be self-giving and sacrificial, that's when I'm the way I'm supposed to be. Right. Right. And I was thinking as you were going through um, all your uh, theological <laughs> tent poles there, uh, <laughs> um, I, I think that, that one of the, um, one of the things that we are, um, I don't know if it's really running from, if that's really a good way to put it, but that has escaped, I think our marriages today because people are so busy and, you know, um, we, we've got kids, you know, we want them to you know, have, be, yeah. be everything, be in everything and, and whatnot. And I think that one of the, one of the best things that you and I did, and it, it certainly was born out of growing kids God's way was, was, um, couch time. And that to me w- was a great visible sign of the invisible reality of, mom and dad are talking <laughs> like, right. you know, mom, mom's telling dad about the day. Dad's telling mom about the day. Like they communicate, they know what's going on, you know, even though dad may not have been home all day or, mom, you know, and so I think that was a beautiful, now it evolved for us. Um, you know, I, I kind of got a little bit away from my legalistic ways and, and, you know, for time we did, we did try to do the couch time. It kind of ended up being more practical. We ended up doing kitchen dinner time, you know, but the same principle of not getting interrupted by the kids and having time for you and I to, to, you know, to really go through and, and process our day with each other, um, was the whole goal and and the whole point. And so it didn't, it doesn't matter how you, how you do it. The principle is, is that, you know, I think you're showing your kids a united front, you know, um, you're elevating your marriage. Uh, I mean, because you're a family before right. you're you, a husband and wife are a family with or without kids, <laughs> with or without children, you and your, you and your husband are a family. And so, um, so you're showing, I think, you know, a strength and a wisdom. And um, again, just that, that beautiful, invisible reality of that union and right, we are the one. And, mm-hmm. and so we're meant to be, we're meant to be an outward sign of the Trinity as a family. And the, you know, I won't spend too much time, but, but, but the Trinity is God's eternal gift of himself. God, the father, all that he has, everything that he has to his, to his son. And then to the second person and the son receives everything and then communicates it all back to the Father, and that that eternal gift is the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, it always falls short in humanity because it's not, that's not the way it is, but, but that's what Jesus kind of reveals. He's communicating in and through his gift on the cross and the sharing of the Holy Spirit, everything that he has, the fullness of what he has for us as his bride— you know, the church is his bride and the church is meant to receive all of that and give it back. Well, we as a couple, so if that's an invisible reality that kind of is made visible in the church, it's meant to be, cause we're a domestic church as a family. It's meant to be reflected in how we 
operate. So that gift between the first and the second person, a husband and wife in this case, is something that needs to be, time needs to be set aside. So we used to set a timer when they were younger and say, mom and dad, look, y'all don't, I mean, we didn't say this, but y'all don't exist separate from (laughs) us, right? Yeah, we didn't use those words. We didn't use those words, but that's what we were thinking. But, but, But I think we said, look, our, this is important. You know, my mom and dad, you know, th- that mom used to always say they'd, they'd always go away, even if they just went across town when we were younger. And we'd I'd say, well, why are y'all doing that? You're just going across to a hotel to get away. And my mom says, well, I'm going to have to live with this man a lot longer than I'm going to have to live with you guys. I mean, y'all, if y'all do things right, we'll be out of here. He and I have to live together forever. And there's some truth to that. But I think it's really important. So that's one of the manifestations that you intentionally put into your marriage to say, we have to make sure that our marriage, which is the source, obviously with God's help, but in a purely human standpoint, the source of this family as a whole is kind of foundational. It's the center of this family. And if that's not strong, everything else falls apart. So when it gets busy, that's what we did. I and mean, we, we made sure to say it's cast. The kids knew that. I think if I remember what we did, lots of things. Then we put up a, at some point we had maybe a sign. Oh, where, I think the kids made it. Oh, the kids made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They made the little tent signs, you know, yeah, it's, you yeah. know, couch time. And it started <laughs> off as couch time. So I'd come home and we'd set that aside. Usually the first, the first thing it ended up evolving into kitchen time or whatever, where it was just us talking about the day. But again, that's an outward manifestation Part of the mystery, of parent, part of the sacrament of matrimony is that one of the ways that we make tangible, visible the Trinity is to say mom and dad have to be in communion with one another to get on the same page because we don't, unlike God, <laughs> know what's going on <laughs> or anything. The kids sometimes maybe think we did, but... <laughs> But anyway, the same thing with with Jesus and his bride, the church, the same thing. He's constantly giving himself and the church is receiving. And so that's why we make time to go to mass for, for that exact purpose. So it doesn't have to be a long period of time, it, but it does need to be visible to the kids. The kids need to understand this is important for them. They also need to understand it's not a a non-ending thing. So I think particularly as they're younger, you set a timer and say, yeah, it's just the, us. it was, yeah, I, mean, I think it, it was manageable. Right. And so, I mean, you know, if, if you're just trying to start this and you have two, three, four year olds, whatever, you know, um, it, you may set it for only five minutes, you know, so that they can be successful and in not interrupting you. And you can just, you know, you're starting, uh, you know, a new habit. So, um, you know, just, just start small, but it's, it really is. Um, it was just a beautiful time of of and and it, and, and a discipline um, for it's the a kids. Discipl- you it's know? a discipline for us too, yeah. Because it's really easy to kind of yeah say, well, we can skip it here. Well, I mean, if you skip it once, second time's easier, and then all of a sudden <laughs> it's falling off the yeah. off the deal. So I think that's really important. Date night's another thing. If you know, if you have time to just to just get away, it's not as visible to the kids other than mom and dad have gone away communicates the same thing but um but so make time for that uh so that you can say that and show that the, that the marriage is really important um another thing that, that that does lead to typically that i think is really important because you remember when when uh jesus tells his apostles the church that he's left behind you know whatever you bind in heaven will be, I mean, bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So in between he and his church, between the bridegroom and the bride, there's some continuity. There's meant to be. That's the way he intended it. So another thing that can can happen as a result of these conversations in these days and nights is to make sure we're on the same page, that what you bind... Honey, <laughs> in this house, 
is bound by me as well, mm-hmm. right? And whatever you loose yeah. is loosed. And by and back and forth for that so that they know that, that'll save you a lot of <laughs> tough times to we're on the same page. Now, one of the things just purely practical, if they come to you and they ask for something and you and you don't, you know, it's okay to say, I'm not going to give you an answer on this until I talk to your mom or until I talk to your dad because we need to be on the same page and this is a big enough decision that I can't make it. It's not whether you can have peanut butter and jelly or fish sticks. You know, that's not, that's not a problem. But if it's you're going to go spend the night at a friend's house or something like that, that's probably something that we have sat down and talked to. So that's kind of the functionality of what date night and what couch time is about. What's going on? What do we need to talk about? What are you seeing? How was your day, honey? But, you know, trying to keep that at the center. So anyway, that hopefully gives you, and I'm typically long-winded, but um, <laughs> right, Steph? Yeah, I could kick a dead horse a few times. <laughs> but, 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 I think, but I think I just thought that that was good to always remember that everything we do, the visible and the invisible, and I get, that's the whole reason we chose mystery because mysterion is the Greek word that is that is in Latin sacramentum. And typically when they talk about the mysteries, if you go to Mass, when they talk about the mysteries, it's the invisible side of the sacrament, right? So the Eucharist, the bread, the sacrament is what looks like bread and wine. The invisible reality is Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity is there. So we're saying as a couple and as parents, we're trying to, to take the invisible reality and direct what we do towards that, pointing them through our actions towards the invisible reality of Christ and his church, the invisible reality of the Trinity and the reality of marriage itself, that we're, <laughs> we're the foundational part of this family. The world doesn't revolve around you, son. <laughs> this family doesn't revolve around you, son. We love you. We're here for you. We're going to take everything into consideration, but that. So anyway, we talked last time about limits and setting limits and that that's how God works. He sets limits by the thou shalt nots in the Old Testament, but then it's always headed towards freedom, freedom in Christ, that we're always trying to move them towards that. And we talked about some of those visible ways of doing it, of expanding freedom while keeping limitations, starting with crib time, room time, backyard time, continuing to do as long as they show the responsibility to do it. And the key part was, one of the key parts was, if you're starting to see problems with a child to always investigate and think of giving them a, a new freedom, maybe even accidentally to go back. And so that's just kind of a review of where we were. Mm-hmm. But getting to that, I think today, I think what, what, what I want to go forward with, which I think is really important, is this idea that is part of the faith that every human is unique and unrepeatable. They're, 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 there's no, like, repeats. <laughs> there's no somebody, well, you're just like them. Everyone is unique and unrepeatable, and as such— as parents, we need to recognize that unique unrepeatability in the kids that we have. Part of that is, you know, how do we discern their gifts, their talents? What do they, what do they love? That's part of what we do to kind of foster them, right? I mean, if you think about people like, oh, well, our youngest daughter, you know, for us, we, she was athletic, so we saw that. She wanted to do things, and so we kind of put her in different things and then realized, well, she's good at it, but she doesn't enjoy it. It's not something that she has a passion about. So we, what did we do? We would kept, we would keep, she was in dance because there was not a problem with Madison. I mean, it was like you put her in dance and she's still <laughs> dancing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so some kids are years later. 26 years later, she, <laughs> she's still dancing. So from two, from two to now, Yeah. but then there are people like me who, who, have to kind of feel their way through different things, kind of put their toe in the water, so to speak. And then we as parents have to help kind of guide it. 
Because one of the things that we always said, if whether they're playing baseball or dance or whatever, if you ever have to, this is one of my rules when it started with the kids was, if I ever have to convince you that you have to go to practice or have to go to a game, it's over. I mean, if it's not something you love, we're making sacrifices as a family for you to do it because it, it's good for you. But if you ever get to the point where I don't like it, now we may say, because you're committed, you're going to finish this year. But after this, it's over, which teaches them two things, right? I mean, teaches them you got to fulfill a commitment, but at the same at the same time, you don't keep moving forward on freely chosen extracurricular unless it's something you love to do. Right. Right. So with with Kingsley, we found that was soccer after a while. Yeah. Yeah. She did. She did various, you know, she went from dance to gymnastics to <laughs> right yeah basketball soccer yeah volleyball but, soccer yeah, yeah. But, but 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 even as a parent teaching them things those are all things that you can do on the so you're discovering from their gifts and talents you're looking at that also you can tell whether it's something that they want to give themselves to but you can teach them things like commitment well for our family i think sports was that was such a breeding ground for life analogies. And um, I mean, it worked for us. And I think, I mean, I don't know any activity that you couldn't draw um, those kinds of um, values and, um, and, you know, and morals from, I mean, you have to look for them sometimes. um, That's being intentional. So, mm -hmm, so you, you have to, you, so look, we don't do this just to like occupy time. I don't have enough time. I mean, even in back then, I didn't have enough time. So if we're going to do it and it's something that they love, we're going to invest in it. But we as parents need to help kind of infuse those things with lessons because that's what it's for. And there are things that happen in sports, I'm at, in any team thing, if it's band or music or dance or whatever, there are so many things to teach that you have to look at and they're great things that they, they, they have a hard time. It's hard to, to manufacture those mm-hmm. circumstances outside of these extra extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. right? Where you're having to deal with other people. Well, and to be clear too, I mean, obviously people know, or if you don't, we have six kids. So everybody had one at any <laughs> given time. Yeah. For any given season, <laughs> because right. the other thing, uh, you know, and we certainly, um, even before the six with just the three, I remember cutting down on activities because I was a stay at home mom that was never at home. Um, so, you know, you can kind of get, don't, you know, make sure you're making the choice to do this. I've always told the kids and, and that, that lesson I, I, I had, I think, my 26-year-old came back to me um, just recently to say, God, Mom, that that whole saying no to protect what you've said yes to is still so relevant. I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> it's I mean, still it, relevant for me. <laughs> and I think that's a great – I mean, say that again because I think that's really important. The, 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 what, what, your friend told you that, right? Yeah, it's, yes, I, and yeah, I don't even remember how many, long ago. I, no, I think it was Margaret Christian, actually. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, is where I heard heard, heard it from originally. But, um, you know, just in this time of young motherhood, and it was a it, life just felt like a frenzy, you know. And it is kind um, of well, it is. But I was creating part of that frenzy by all of the activities, and granted, they were great activities, right? Uh, you know, um, kinder music and to school and Mother's Day out and, you know, mom, you know, uh, a mother of preschoolers. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was like, but it was crazy. And, and she said, you know, sometimes you have to say no, even to good things to protect what you've said yes to. And, you know, the reality is that's, that is all of life. Cause most Mm -hmm. of the times you're, you're having to say no to good things. Right. I mean, the bad things are easy to, maybe not easy to say no to, but easy to understand why you should say no to them. Most of life is having to say no between those. So just just teaching them that is really important. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just think that I, we went at it from this standpoint, no different than God puts us in this world. 
and the way he teaches us through reading scripture, through the people he puts in our life, through the circumstances, it's the circumstances that God uses to teach us, right? So what should we do? We, as If we're going to reflect who God is, then when we allow them to participate in whatever it is they're participating in, we need to help communicate to them, well, here's a great lesson for you from what you're going through. I mean, for, for, for our oldest, I mean, one of the things was, listen, sometimes you're going to be the goat, and that's in the old-fashioned sense of the goat. The, that's a bad thing. Now the goat means something really good. But, but you're going to be the goat because you made an error or you struck out when people are on base and you didn't knock in the winning run or whatever it was. And sometimes you're going to be the hero. And the, the real issue is not the results as much as showing up every day, being willing to accept those results. That's something today I have to deal with, right? Sometimes you're the hero at work, and sometimes you're not. But getting up and going and doing your job is not optional. Mm -hmm. So you keep working at it. You keep going after it. Mm -hmm. So we would teach those type of, type of things. Well, and, you know, I remember Madison had a very, she had a very defining moment. I mean, there was definitely a fork in the road. She did not what make happened it. happened right down here in church, I remember. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we'd gone to Mass after. She um, she tried out for a dance team, and, um, you know, they posted the results. Thank God we were here in church, and... Um, she just had a fall apart. Well, I mean, so we you. both did. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and of course the angry mom in me is going, she's just as good as those other girls, you know? And, and, you know, I wanted to storm in there and say, why did, you know, why did so-and-so make it and so-and-so make it? And my daughter didn't, you know, but thank goodness, uh, you know, maybe because I was so close to, <laughs> yeah, to, to, to Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he held my tongue and we just cried and we were sad and, you know, and it, it hurt and, um, but we processed through it and I, you know, and I told her, what are you going to do? Are you going to quit? Do you want to quit? Do you want, not want to do dance anymore? Or do you want to go to your teacher and say, I really wanted to be on this dance team where were my weaknesses? What do I need to work on? And thank goodness she chose the, what do I need to work on? And the rest is pretty much history right? because I mean, she became captain of the Kilgore Rangerettes. <laughs> right. And, and as a dance but, teacher at one of the better schools in the whole state of Texas. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, and she loves it, but see, that's, so here's the reality again. What did God do to show his love? He sent his son so I'm going to bring it back up into the clouds. He sent his son to suffer with us, right? And so what you did well there was not the humans, what God did. You suffered with her, right? You just were there. Sometimes as a parent, you don't have to say anything other than showing, I'm here with you. I'm sad with you, right? There were definitely no words. <laughs> right. And and so that's that's an that's an accurate, good reflection of the way God has shown his love for us. But then also you said, okay, here's the circumstance. Here are your options. Well, guess, I mean, that's exactly, you're, you're, you're not only teaching them to understand that sometimes things don't work out the way you want them to. And so you have to make a choice as a result of that. And the answer isn't always, well, I quit. And as a parent, we do need sometimes to bite our tongues because here's the reality. Even if she was better than everybody else, even if she was better than all the kids that made it, and you were fully true in, in making that discernment, guess what? In life, you're going to lose a job to somebody who's better than you and or get a job that you're not as good at and as somebody else. And the and so what you're doing is you're teaching the entire time intentionally for the future, given the circumstances that you've allowed them to participate in, which is how God forms us, right? He allows us to go out and experience what life has to give. He's always there to suffer with us, to cry with us, to do whatever. But, but he's also like, so what are you going to do? <laughs> and he'll be there to provide that. So that's a way that we do it. So anyway, 
Uh, I don't think we digress too much there, but <laughs> but um, I think one of the things that I thought we'd do in the last little bit here was was that unique and unrepeatable, which we'd started we started on. That's why we went off here. But I think it's really important to remember how to teach kind of that unique, unrepeatable thing. So I think at the beginning, right, we, right. Well, and we you know sort of did this team approach, you know, right team approach. No pun intended. Um, you know like you said, finding the kids' strengths and gifts. Now it's so fun because, I mean, I don't think back then they had, well, they may have had the five love languages, but they sure didn't have, now they've even got them for the kids. They say that you can kind of start seeing, you know, their love languages and, and their temperaments. And, uh, you know, there's all all kind of, uh, right. you know, all kind of different <laughs> ways to evaluate that. ways to evaluate that now, which, you know, can can get kind of a little crazy. Maybe it was a good thing uh, that I didn't have all that back then. <laughs> yeah, no, you probably would have done all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think that that um, even though we're making this point of the fact that they are unique and unrepeatable, you're still holding them all to the same standard. The same, right. you know, the same standard of, of, of the, of the moral values of your, of your family and your faith. Um, and so, um, but with that being said, with their different temperaments and gifts and strengths, they all get there differently. Um, and so that's the challenge. And I'm sure I remember using couch time and kitchen time to, <laughs> to talk through, you know, um, especially you're going to have those ones that are most like you, where you. You know, yeah, and the ones that are most likely are usually the problems. <laughs> yeah, well, for they, the person who's doing it, exactly, so it's, it's hard to raise yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, the <laughs> other the other side of the of the marital equation, is, which has been what I've found, is a little bit different. And Absolutely maybe helps you to helps you to balance out the the scale. But um, so yeah, so I think it's you know being able to 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 talk through that because it, it is it is hard as a mom being home. Um, you know, all day I was blessed to be home all day, but, um, but you know, it's like anything when, when you're kind of in the same, when you're right, down yeah. in the, down in the same trenches, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to see, you know, above and, 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 and that's where, I mean, thank God for you, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. in our well, discussions. Because yeah. <laughs> it, it had been a real mess if you had You had a lot of pink socks, but that's another story. Yeah. I mean, um, everybody has gifts. So like when, Ste I'll just say real quickly, when Steph was pregnant with triplets, she couldn't, she couldn't get out of bed. I mean, just to go to the bathroom, that was it for a couple months, I think. Yeah, from 22 weeks. For 22 yeah, weeks yeah, before she ended up in the hospital. And so there were, thank God, St. Mary's girls and other girls in this town that would come over and do it. But every once in a while, I had to I had to do a wash. So not my gift. No, definitely <laughs> your gift. And so, you know, who knew that, like, red doesn't get washed with white, you know? <laughs> so we hit some pink stuff, which we had a girl or two. So... <laughs> That was out. good, but but it kind of it goes to show that that's that's the point. And I, and I think again, there's a, several things you can do with the uniqueness and the giftedness. Is you can when somebody has a gift as a child, you need to take time to point that out. That's one of your gifts. Mm -hmm. And then what is a gift for? It's to be given. So part of your gift to this family is that you have this gift and maybe you have a brother or a sister who doesn't have the gift. So instead of you, you kind of give that to them as that's great, but you always teach them that in life you're going to have gifts, but they're always meant for other people. It's not to just say, Hey, look at me. And so if you have, you know, there were certain people that were really gifted at making sure rooms were clean. Right. And then there were those who weren't right. So to put, to put them in a room and say, Hey, why don't you go help, you know, someone's help. I won't use names, but everybody who's <laughs> listening from our family knows exactly the people I'm talking about, but, but you go use your gift to help him, <laughs> you know, clean, clean the room. So that's what you're doing. And, and, and you can tie that in to what's revealed about what, what it means, what the church is, you know, I'm just reading from first Corinthians. It says, you know, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. So that's the same standard, right? This, that you said there are, there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, Jesus is the center of our life. And there are varieties, 
of working, but it's the same God who inspires them all. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So you can say that's the way the church is. We're not all meant to be fingers or hands or feet. We're in this group because together we're better because those who have the gifts are meant to share those for the sake of those who don't. And so it's really important if you have multiple kids that you find the gifts that the ones that, you know, the easy ones to find are, <laughs> hey, she can uh, do dishes, you know, <laughs> or she can make a bed, you know, but you got to find those other gifts for the people to make sure. So that's, again, being intentional about that. Well, so. we, we had a, <clears throat> when we were looking back at old notes, we had a, um, I this is obviously in my handwriting. I'm going to tell you all, I wish I could give credit to who it's for because I don't think this was, <laughs> I don't think this was me. I think I found a good example and, and wrote it I in here. It but, <laughs> Come on. but just to, to clarify, you know, um, that personality and temperaments are like the various sizes and styles of homes offered by a single contractor. So the moral training is the consistent standard of craftsmanship in each home regardless of the different style. Scripture does not vary, so neither should we. A standard for each child will, um, it, it, a standard is the same for each child, but how you get there um, is, is going to differ. Right. I mean, if you're yeah. working with, if you're working with different things and there's different expectations, not expectations in terms of the quality of the workmanship, so to speak, mm-hmm. but, but, we adjust based on, based on the kids. So, um, anyway, so we, we all held to that, uh, to, to this, I think, again, we talk, oh, there's one of the things that I think is really important that we've talked about before, but not recently. So time with spouse, we did talk about, but time with children mm-hmm. and quantity versus quality. What are your thoughts on that, Steph? Yeah, well, you know, I wish that we could. I wish that we could manufa- manufacture quality time, but I think that you and I discovered over the years that quality time is caught. <laughs> right. You- it's that little moment in the car when you're going to practice, or in the morning in carpool, or um, or you're folding clothes and you know, kid comes and joins you on the couch. It's almost like this little window that opens and, and you have to be looking for it because they only open it a little bit. And if you want to, if you want to sneak in with some kind of virtue or value, (laughs) those are your golden opportunities. Right. Um, That's so important. And it really, it really does only happen in the quantity of time. Now that doesn't mean that you have to have, what it means is if I've got 10 minutes, three days a week in the car with one child, it's going to take, well, 20 minutes, 10 to practice field, 10 back. That's 20 minutes multiplied by three. That's an hour, right? That needs to be some time that you look at, okay, what, what can I gain from this? I think one of the most important things that we did actually learn from the Ezos on, in Growing Kids God's Way, but you have to have the mentality of what you're saying Children, it, particularly, they're, they're always going to, they're not, I don't think they're necessarily consciously testing you, but really what happens is it is a test. If they have a concern, if they come to you with something and it happens to catch you when you're in the middle of folding or the, God forbid, there's a football game on, you know, <laughs> that really matters or whatever it is, you have, you have to be able to recognize that stop and say, you know, you're more important than me folding this thing. You're more important than this next play, which I've always said, God invented TiVo for me, you know, <laughs> for the sake that I just push pause and then say, Hey, what are you doing? Uh, it would have been a lot more virtuous prior to that happening. But, but regardless, um, because what happens is it's like the pitching pennies kind of in reverse if you shut that window or always say, not now, let's do it later. And again, sometimes the answer can be not now. The issue is 
what are you characterized by? So my, my thought on that is always try to say, I've got time for you. Always. So that when the one time that something happens and you say, hey, I'm so sorry, I have to, I mean, this is emergency at work or whatever, I can't talk right now, that they know across the board that's not the way you're characterized. And the only way I know to do it is to almost always say, I'm going to try to stop and take time. Well, because they're being vulnerable. I mean, and and we all, I mean, even as adults, we know that being vulnerable is not easy. You're putting yourself at risk for shutdown or, right. you not, know, or someone not denying. Or, yeah. And sometimes yeah. whether you think, whether it, it comes across as, it's not as important as what? Folding the next shirt mm-hmm. or as the next play. And you don't want to communicate that right. at all. So, and that's part of, again, part of their uniqueness is not only their unique personalities and temperaments, Part of their uniqueness is their experience of life, right? So what they're going through at that time is unique to them. And so that's part of their uniqueness, that, that event, whatever's happening. So make sure that you take time to allow them to come to you and you just stop because you're important. Well, and also I think, you know, and sadly, I kind of learned this recently, um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I really, like our kids came to us with struggles, but I don't know if I ever really initiated, hey, you know, if we had that 10 minutes alone in the car, um, obviously not, you know, at the dinner table or in the middle of a party, but, you know, hey, is there anything you're struggling with? Is there anything you, you right. know, want to talk about? Is there anything that people have said at school that you don't understand or that you kind of feel, maybe that's not true or that's not right? Um, so there are some great questions, I think, that you can initiate with kids when you've got that one-on-one time. We did, um, you know, kind of off and on. Again, it's one of those things like, you know, like couch time and date night. You know, sometimes you're in a season of really, you know, um, batting 100 and then sometimes, you know. Um, it's a thousand. I was only about 900. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> so maybe, yes. But but that, you know, we tried to do individual date nights um, right. with the kids, um, you know. For the boys, it was hard. But yeah, yeah, for the boys to, you know, to, to show them opening a door for a lady, pulling out a chair, you know. I mean, just those, some some very simple social niceties, but but also, you know, how, how you treat someone. Like, you know, for a dad to go out, with his daughter and, 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 um, open the door for her. Yes. And sh- you know, show, show your kids, um, the high standard to which, you know, you, you hope they'll <laughs> stick to when they're they do that anymore. Uh, but that's yeah. a, hopefully there's some boys out there. Oh, my do boys do. Oh uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> boys do. Yeah, we did too. I, that's why I tell people my mom would roll over in the grave. I'm, so then nowadays you open a door and it's oh, that's okay. And I'm like, no, seriously. <laughs> Sorry, my you ma- have to mama go. is looking. My, <laughs> my mother, one of the way, the one of the ways she taught us was, and I think I've said this before, but <laughs> we would all run out, you know, trying to get to church on time, and everybody run and get in the car. And I was all boys, dad, and four boys in our family, and mom. And we'd all jump in, and and she would be standing out there. <laughs> car started, and dad goes. Boys. One of you boys get out and open the door for your mother, please. And my mom would get in and go, I didn't have boys to ever open a door. So, so I think, I think that's part, I think that's part of teaching. Yeah. Right. You know, and, 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 it, and I think the last part, when I know we're getting towards the end, the main thing is the way that it happens is this invisible reality of teaching their, and, and honoring their uniqueness and unrepeatableness all of these things comes down to it, it takes bodily stuff. I think it's part of part of the problem we have today is we need to be in contact with human beings. As you say, the three dimensional people, <laughs> right? Yes. You know, go spend some time with three dimensional people, not, not on a video game or via text or, Zoom or whatever. I mean, TikTok or, or TikTok or whatever. Be <laughs> with them real. And when you're there, be present. As a parent, at least you can control that. I mean, be present to the person you're in the presence of mm-hmm. to honor them. Mm-hmm. 
I which mean, is really a struggle these days because it is a struggle. there are so many distractions. And I love the creativeness that that families have talked about, like, you know, putting up their phones, the whole family puts up their phone for, for an hour or, um, you know, uh, everybody sits at the dinner table, um, you know, for, for dinner at least, you know, once or twice a week. I mean, you know, sometimes we kind of get into these all or nothing mentalities of, well, if we can't, can't do this, then, you know, we kind of throw up our hands. But, um, but I think, you know, starting small, starting with something that's meaningful, um, it is, you know, is, it's you, the way we grow. Right. And the reality is in most of life, it's not no to everything all the time. There are things like that. Most of it's managing, managing that. So teaching them to say, I can give something up for an hour to right. be in the presence of somebody. That's something you need to do and get in the habit of doing. Right, right. right. Especially in this day and age where, I mean, you know, we, thank goodness we didn't have our, our kids yeah, we didn't have. Yeah, all that. that we were. The, our kids were sort of on the front end of all of this, um, you know, this social media and and phones and iPads and yeah. So we're we at were, the end. Here, we were so. blessed, but okay. So our um, our memory verse for this week is from one Peter five two through three. Um, speaking to all you wonderful parents out there, give a shepherd's care to the flock of God that is entrusted to you. Watch over it, not simply as a duty but gladly as God wants, not for sordid money, but because you are eager to do it. Do not lord it over the group which is in your charge, but be an example for the flock. And that was two through three, but in four, it goes on to say, you will be given the unfading crown of glory. So Thank there's some good. there's some incentive for you. Huh? There's not a whole lot of money and a whole lot of money. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, <laughs> just crown of glory here. Yeah, right. <laughs> so remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for him to amaze you. And he always does. Always does. Pray for us. We're praying for you. God, God bless. bless. From the cross to the grave in heaven. From the cross to the grave.